Welcome to the Bunning Games Podcast. I'm Alex, and it has been a month. So let's get into some housekeeping first. I've been on vacation and was going to use that time to fire up some videos, but ended up just enjoying my time off instead of monetizing my hobbies like a real boy. I have about three scripts done up and ready to record. Two of them are not really for my audience and should draw some anger from the 5e Pathfinder crowd, so this should be fun. But instead of doing those, I decided to do a podcast episode since it has been a minute since episode one. So let's get right into it. The first thing I want to talk about is the dissolution of Centaur Games, the creators behind A Thousand Thousand Islands. Now, I don't know if Centaur Games is actually going to be dissolved or if it's just mostly just like the A Thousand Thousand Islands, but Centaur Games as we know it with Zedek Sue and Monkhouse sort of being the two faces of it uh, is what's breaking up. And honestly, this news is like really, really saddening to me. I try to keep personal life off of the internet, but I think it'll help give some context as to why this news upset me to an amount that surprised even me. I grew up in Asia for about five years in my early teen years, and every year for about a month, my family would go to a different Southeast Asian country, engaging the different cultures, history, and of course, the amazing food of the region. Anyway, all this to say, having Southeast Asia be such a big part of my formative years, the entire region has a very special place in my heart, and the A Thousand Thousand Island zines have some of my favorite RPG content that I have found due to that connection. Just to make it clear, I'm not trying to make the dissolution of Centaur Games about me, more just giving the explanation as to why this has hit me a lot harder than anything else I can remember related to RPG news. It seems like a pretty classic conflict of who deserves what between Zedek Su, the main writer and promoter for the brand, and the main artist and owner of the brand, Monkow. There has been some public back and forth, and I'm not going to cast aspersions or speculate on what happened, because I know literally as much as anybody else. I'll post the original accusations from Zedek and the two responses from Monkow in the show notes at the time of this episode's recording, but essentially, Zedek and Monkow have worked on and recently released Reach of the Roach God, a Kickstarter-funded OSR campaign in the same Southeast Asian-inspired world of A Thousand Thousand Islands. After the release, Zedek put out a public statement about being underpaid and underappreciated that was pretty scathing. Monkow calmly refuted these points, and I don't want to go too much further because I think this will show my biases, and it doesn't really have much to do with why I'm bring this up at all. The reason why I'm talking about this is because Monkow has made a statement that they will no longer be releasing or publishing Atti zines or making any Reach of the Roach God printings. You can buy the zine PDFs for now, but those will be gone soon, and the extra printings of Reach of the Roach God left over from the Kickstarter will be sold on Spear Witch in the US and Igloo Tree in the UK. All profits will be split equally between Monkow and Zedek. I just wanted to spread the word so that as many people can get their hands on these works, even if it is just in PDF form and not in physical form, just so they can experience them like I and so many others have before it becomes much more difficult to do so. I'll put all the links I can in the show notes for where to grab the PDFs and the public discourse surrounding the controversy so you can read for yourself and come to your own conclusions. I was always planning on doing a series going through each zine and talking about how to actually use the content in your games. I'm also going to be running Reach the Roach God for some friends starting in August, so I'll probably have a big review for that in like six months or so, depending on how long that campaign takes to run, essentially. Anyway, let's get to some less dramatic and depressing stuff and talk about some fun gaming I've done this month. So this month, I played Trophy Dark for the first time, and goddamn, was that a lot of fun. So I don't really have much experience with this style of RPG. Thematically, the closest thing I've run to this before was Heart, and I really like Heart and its vibe, but I find it a bit confusing to run. I find the mechanics are not necessarily complicated, but the book doesn't really tell you how to properly run it, in my opinion. I think with people who are more used to those kinds of games, they won't have that issue as much if you're used to PBTA or story games like Trophy Dark, where you're more used to that style. Uh, but for somebody coming from, you know, OSR or just coming from D&D, I had a lot of trouble my first time running Heart, where I was like very confused and had to really sort of shift my brain a bit in how to run it. 
Trophy Dark is a similar one where, you know, you have these doomed characters delving deep into madness and that fills that similar niche. But I feel like it acts like a good tutorial for Heart because it's a lot less weird, so there's less to wrap around just with the weirdness alone. And the mechanics are so much simpler and super stripped down that you really don't need to worry about all that much because it's so freeform. Also, Ben Bond made a character keeper for Trophy Dark and there's also a Trophy Dark roller for the dice system that is easy to use. So running the game online is so simple and really, really smooth. Which when I first had the book my hands was really worried about how I was going to run it online because it feels like it's much more of a game for running in person but that character keeper as well as the trophy dark dice roller which I'll both put links for in the description were super super good the character keeper actually has a whole walkthrough of how to make your character that's really easy to do it's so well made as for the game itself it is such a fantastic one-shot system and it was really fresh playing a dark fantasy game that wasn't based mechanically in D&D I've already got two more games of trophy dark lined up because of how much fun I had with it the first time around however I will say it went really well thanks to having a true Really amazing group of role players who really bought into the play to lose aspect of the game. The players really made it such a good time. I do think this is the kind of game where you need the right people to play it. I could see this going really wrong with you trying to bring this to your group who are full of min-maxers, who are used to more tactical games, or basically just more used to a very different style of play. Not that it's a weakness of the game, but I think it's an aspect of these kinds of story games that you really need a group to buy into it and carry their weight. I think there's an argument to be had for most games being like that, but I think you can run more tactical games or heavy dungeon crawl games despite the players if you're a good enough GM who knows where to pad things out and make it at the very least mediocre or get by on big combats to run out the clock if the group really sucks. But in Trophy Dark, it's an extremely collaborative game so everybody needs to be on board and willing to get creative or help each other out if somebody's stuck coming up with something cool or is just really willing to go the distance in terms of how far they want to drive their character into the ground or come up with really fucked up ways for the characters to die and that sort of thing. So the way the game is run is that the game has these things called incursions, which are essentially like the adventures or modules, and they're split into five rings. Each ring represents getting closer to the treasure hunter's goal, but the forest or, you know, whatever haunted region you're in, you know, if you're not doing the base thing, because the base setting is that you're going deep into those like haunted forests, essentially, that hates you and doesn't want you there, but you can also change that to anything. I feel like the forest is more just kind of like the sort of catch-all term for whatever haunted region you're going into. But if you're going to a different haunted region, essentially every ring is just getting more and more hostile and more crazy into something further into madness. You start at ring one, and then ring five is the final ring. And every incursion has a theme that is one word attached to the incursion. Uh, this theme is a helpful thing to come back to if you're ever stuck on how to push the story forward. Just look at the theme and use that to bounce off of, essentially. The book is full of incursions, so you really only need the Trophy Dark book. There is another book called Trophy Loom, which is what I believe to be, like, the lore book. I do have it and flip through it, and I do think it's good for that. I do think it might be more more helpful for Trophy Gold, which is more based for campaigns and less for one-shots, but I still think Trophy Loom can be used for Trophy Dark for sure. Just a way to flesh out how you see your incursion going. But the Trophy Dark book is full of incursions to use, uh, so it's just like, I think it's full of like 16 or 20, maybe more, but it has around there, uh, I would say 15 to 20 or so uh, different incursions to go through. And the one I picked was the Tomb of 10,000 Dreams, and the theme was Sleep. I'm not going to go through the entire incursion. In fact, I'm probably not going to cover all that much of it, because even though you could run the same incursion 10 times and have it play super differently, I don't want to spoil anything for people who want absolutely zero spoilers. I know some people are really weird about spoilers. I'm sure there's even groups that don't even tell the players the theme. For me, telling the players the theme was helpful because then the players can all 
also just like the GM, look at the theme and go off of that. I don't know if you're necessarily supposed to tell the players what the theme is. I don't think the book is very clear on that. I think you are supposed to, but you could also just keep it to yourself. But I think it just helps everybody at the table have one key theme to go back to if they're ever stuck on what they want to do with their character or what happens next. But anyway, I don't want to spoil stuff, but I will vaguely talk about some fun moments and the things I liked about how the game runs. Firstly, one thing I loved was being a little devil on people's shoulders. Adding detail about how somebody shouldn't have something that the other player should have, or feeding little potential betrayal reasons, such as a dream about one of the other treasure hunters betraying them. All stuff like this to really start to slowly turn the players on each other. While the players are completely aware of what you're doing, but if they're playing the characters right, they really feed into it. And it should be a crime how much fun I had doing this. And I could tell the players were having fun with it too, because they really leaned into it, and they really started to turn on each other or get really paranoid, and they played their characters really well, where at first things were kind of just like, oh, you know, we're just people going through the forest in this deadly place. We're going to work together to the point that we need to because we need to get this treasure because we're all kind of, you know, in need of this money. But as it goes further, it becomes more and more clear how like, we're not friends. We're just here together in this doomed place together. In fact, you might be my biggest enemy of all. And the ending of that really, really got really good because it basically became fully PvP near the end with only one player surviving. But I will say the way they survived, it did not look like when we sort of had them run off in the distance that they were going to actually make it out alive. But we had some fun horror moments like one player taking off another player's face off and then having like attached their hand and the player with the removed face could feel like fingers behind their face, like right as if they couldn't scratch it. You know, like if you have like, you know, like like a, a hair stuck in the back of your throat or something like that. There was an NPC with a grin stretched across their face permanently who was trying to murder one of the treasure hunters, smiling the entire time. And we just had some other really fun, disconcerting moments. And a lot of the stuff that came up was so organic and it came from the players coming up with something cool and then me just running off of it, you know? So having that sort of collaborative storytelling was just such a fun difference. I've tried implementing that stuff in other games before, but I do think because this game really, really forces it, it like that, it's like the, the entire premise and focus of the game, everybody's on board with it. Because I've done that in games like DCC or Rolls Out Number, or honestly, even when I was playing 5e, I threw that sort of stuff in every once in a while. But if the players aren't really there for that, or they're not expecting it, or if you don't properly, you know, set up that you're gonna make them have to collaborate with certain things or come with certain stuff. A lot of players can sort of give you a little bit of like a deer in the headlights look or they might stammer over it or they might just come up with something that doesn't totally screw them over or it doesn't come up with something that's like super cool because they weren't expecting to have to put their brain in that mode. They were ready to like, you know, kill monsters and get loot. So having it where this is the entire focal point of the game meant that all the players were firing all cylinders. They didn't have a shitload of mechanics that they need to keep track of. After the game, I still felt like I had a bunch of energy because my brain wasn't, you know, constantly trying to find rules or constantly, you know, look at different numbers and stat blocks and that sort of thing. It was really just like a bunch of friends around a table just riffing off of each other and it just came off so naturally and so fun. You know, for such a horrifying, really grim game, there was a decent amount of laughing at the table. I think what makes it such a great one-shot system is just the complete lack of prep and rules-like nature of it to make it so easy just to pick up and play. There are some growing pains coming from other RPG genres that you have to get used to, and I do think I definitely could have done a better job, but I'm super happy with how much fun everybody had for the first time. I can't stress enough how lucky I was to have an amazing group of players who really took a weight off my back and really played their characters properly. I actually do think this is a game that you can play wrong, which is not something I would say about most games, but if you do not lean into you are here to play to lose, that your characters are doomed, you are not playing heroes. And not like in an edgy way, just that like that is the 
style of game, if you try to play us as fancy heroes, I just think you are playing the game wrong. You should want your character to die. You should want them to have an incredible, crazy story. You are at the end of their story and not the beginning. Perhaps they had past heroics. Perhaps they had, you know, past things that they were really good at or that they're proud of. We are no longer in those days. We are now in the days of like their end and everything being horrible. I am super excited to run more of it. I will definitely be posting more games of it on my server and there will definitely be a why you should play video uh, for the system. I think one of the other things I like too that in the book it says that I think would be a really fun thing to do for just a campaign or for an actual play just because I think it'd be a really fun unique thing to do as a start. In the Trophy Dark book it says that you can run this almost as like a flashback and what it means by that is that you could take you know just say you want to take some sort of OSR dungeon you could essentially have the players in Trophy Dark run through that and then have them find their doom and then later maybe play in a different system maybe play in Trophy Gold maybe play in Worlds Without Number or you know Shadow the Demon Lord or whatever it is and what you could do with either this new group of players or just new characters in this either new system where the characters are not destined to die like they are in Trophy Dark is have them run through that same dungeon that the Trophy Dark characters perished in. That could just be like a really really fun way to both flesh out the dungeon with some stuff that's in there you know maybe some monsters that you described or that the players described in the Trophy Dark game. Uh, the players in this new group could you know find clues of what the Trophy Dark group did you know if they broke open a door or if one of them perished early on or if one of them turned into a monster and now you have those things affecting the new group. I think that's a really really fun way to tell a story and I think that would just be a really I'm not gonna say avant-garde way of doing it but I would say that I think that could be a really fun and unique way for the players to have more of an attachment to the dungeon than they would otherwise have but yeah i just thought it was a really cool thing and you know what maybe i will do it just to see how it works out see if it's a fun way to tell a story and see if the players have more of an attachment or more of a horror if they know some things that were in here and that what happened to their past characters but maybe there's a lot more here that they didn't see and that could also just lead to some fun stuff in terms of things to watch out for i know a lot of people have a hard time saying no to people wanting to play games and i keep hearing about groups that are like five to eight people and you definitely do not want that for this game the recommendation in the book is three i ran for four and it went well but i can totally see more than that and people are not getting enough limelight as well as not enough chances to roll and gain more ruin and further corrupt their character i had a lot of characters with loads of ruin because they took spells and character creation and when you get six ruin your treasure hunter is lost and either dies or becomes a monster that the remaining pcs have to deal with i had one player not take any spells and they were at one ruin for most of the game until the end when things got really bad i should create more scenarios for them to roll against but honestly people just kept rolling so goddamn well they kept getting out of having to even take ruin like i got so many sixes essentially if you get i believe a three to a five that is a success with a ruin i'm sorry a success with you know some sort of failure involved my group kept rolling sixes and six is just a pure hard success no ruin it kept happening so many times i was honestly not expecting to enjoy trophy dark as much as i did but the quality of the book the style of play and just the absolute fun i had with my friends was just truly corrupting and now i have a new system to play as well as a new system to annoy my friends with i think this is going to become the system i run when i want to run something but i don't really want to do much prep i just want to riff with some people i also have trophy gold which is more for campaign play you can do one shots and shorter games with it but it does feel like trophy dark is the better one for that sort of thing trophy gold i think is better if you don't want as much doom and gloom in your game but still the lethal and trophy gold was the one i was more interested in originally but then i started reading dark as well as gold and for some reason dark really captured my heart not that's like a competition between those two and i'm sure i'll run gold at some point and really love that if i love dark this much but just dark has this thing to it i'm just like i don't know how to describe it but it's not like any other game i've played now with that said i haven't played that many story games so who knows maybe this is just a 
very run the mill uh, for this kind of genre. But for me, it was super fun, super easy to run, and I highly, highly recommend it. One thing I do recommend, though, as well, is that if you are running for people for the first time or just running for people who haven't played before, um, there is a page with a short bullet point list of, you know, uh, player principles. And I recommend reading that out to the players at the table because I did it at the beginning of my game. And I do think actually making sure that they have heard it or, you know, have read it because, you know, telling your players to read something, you know, a lot of the time you look at the table and you'll be like, oh, did you guys read that thing I told you guys to read? And you'll have half the group go, oh, yeah, I did. Another half go like, ah, no, I... Never really found the time to, you know, read those two paragraphs you sent me. Sorry about that. So making sure they actually hear it from you as you read it out is good enough, I think, to really solidify, hey, these are the things you need to keep in mind. You need to keep in mind that you are here as a collaborative game with your friends. You are going to lose. You should play to lose. You should revel in losing your character. There is a catharsis. Uh, in playing out these stories. There's catharsis in playing power games and everything else, and there's a sort of running joke with my friend where I just keep playing games that say on the back, you're no hero, and it is true, I am sort of becoming a meme of myself where I keep playing these games that do that, but they're just so much fun. And I think this one really captures that you're no hero like nothing else I've done, because all the other ones are more just like, oh, you're no hero. You have one hit dice, and you're going to get your ass beat. There's a bajillion dark fantasy OSR games out there right now, and a lot of them, honestly, just kind of look the same. A lot of them look like, you know, Morkborg at home, and they aren't really for me. But this one, man, it really captures the exact essence and the catharsis I look for in those kinds of games. But again... You really, really want to make sure you have a group that totally buys on that because I have had groups in the past I could tell if I tried running this for them, especially when I was running in my 5e days or just when I was in that transition period of trying to get my friends out of 5e. I could see them being like, God damn, dude, all your games are super depressing. You keep wanting to run these games where we all suck and die and everything else. Or they might be like, I, I don't want to lose. I can't turn that part of my brain off. I'm sorry. I play this game like I want to win, which can work in a sort of meta sense if the character obviously wants to win because your characters do want to win and get the gold and get out as long as they know the character is doomed. If they constantly want to get everything they can, want to make every good choice possible, and then try and survive. I think that can be fun, as long as they're okay with you pulling the rug out from underneath them when something bad happens and that sort of thing. But in general, I think when I'm going to play this, because I still haven't played this as a player, I think I'm going to take a lot of chances of trying to get my character in trouble just to see what happens. Making stupid choices, making selfish choices, making choices that in any other game... I probably wouldn't make because I would probably die or get the group killed or just make things infinitely harder and worse for us. But in this game, because that's the point and because you're doing that, there is like a fun in doing it. There's a fun in seeing how far you can take your character uh, and what you can do to them. I think it's very similar in a weird way. This might not really make sense, but I'm just thinking about it now as I'm rambling on about this. But it kind of reminds me a bit of like what you would do to uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon characters. I don't know if any of you guys played that when you were a kid, but I remember like there was that one tower that, that would go up and you would like, if you take like the top off, the <laughs> group would go off and explode at the top. Or, you know, like you take off some parts of the railing of a roller coaster and they would go flying off the side. It feels a little bit like that. There's almost like that fun of just seeing what you can do, which I realize now I'm making myself sound like a complete psychopath, but I really can't describe it better than that. And I think that analogy is probably the closest thing I can come to right now 
uh, with how it makes me feel. Just that same sort of cathartic fun of just doing really, I guess, destructive behavior in a safe space. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. This has been another rambly episode. Um, I was hoping to get a lot more stuff out this month. I don't know if I will. Um, the videos I want to do are overall pretty short. Um, so I'm able to get one of them out before August, but it's just been with the heat and everything else going on this month, you know, like family in town and all that kind of crap. It can be hard to really bounce out certain things. So for anybody who is, you know, really expecting more or, you know, getting used to me having at least one pretty long video out per month, I do apologize for that. Um, but August will hopefully be a really good month, um, with a lot of good content and some good diverse stuff. I will say for the people who are still listening to this point, the DCC Dying Earth actual play will probably be a ways out. We haven't got around to recording it. There's a lot of other stuff I want to do before I do that one. So I might try and do some more one-shot actual plays here and there of different systems. I might try and do a Trophy Dark one. It could be really fun to show with my friends because I feel like we have a good group for that. So that could be fun to do. Um, but right now with everything else going on, getting an actual play campaign on my plate as well after everything else I've been doing uh, might be a little bit much. Um, but I just want to say a big thanks to all my patrons for supporting me every month. Uh, you guys help keep the lights on. Uh, and the shout out for this episode, I'll have to give it to Ben Bond slash Arctozor. Uh, he's the one who creates the Trivia Dark character keepers, like I mentioned earlier. He has a buy me a coffee, which I'll link in the show notes. Uh, you know, if you want to just throw him a few bucks that way, if you have been able to use his character keeper for your own uses, I threw him one the other day just because like, you know what, this is such a great thing and I want to see more people doing this sort of stuff. It's great to support smaller creators. Um, it's not hard to just throw five bucks that way. Oh, the last thing I'll say, because I'm rambling and I forgot to say this, the patrons voted for uh, an AP for the 1K subscriber special for YouTube. So I will be recording that at the end of July and I will hopefully have that out mid-August. So that should be a really fun one. I didn't want to say too much just yet because I didn't want to spoil the adventure but I did run a test of that adventure with a group uh, on my discord and I will say it wasn't a great test because the players um, kind of did the opening and then ran off into the wilderness we had a fun debate of how that went um, which you know I won't get too into right now I'll probably do that when I do a review of that adventure um, but it was very funny we had a good time with it um, and it was just a classic case of an OSR thing of like players not necessarily listening or listening and kind of just want to do what they want to do anyway and then just running off and doing what they want to do uh, and getting themselves killed so i wasn't really able to get much practice with that adventure before running it for the ap so um that should be fun uh and we'll see it then anyway that's enough rambling i think i've been going on for way too long uh have yourselves a good one and stay safe out there